G'day guys, it's Wazza here. We've got a great episode for you today with international hockey superstar Rachel Lynch. If you're new to One Off The Wood, welcome along for the ride. Uh, glad to have you here. Whilst today's episode is very family friendly, uh, most of our other episodes do contain explicit material and themes and may not be appropriate for you. Uh, on the other hand, some of you may really enjoy that sort of stuff, so feel free to dig into the catalogue. Uh, without further ado, here it is, Rachel Lynch. My family are functioning alcoholics almost across the board. If it turned out koalas were good for erections, we'd be dragging them out of the trees. That's my junk. Yeah, put it away. I'm being forced to drink here, by the way. Andy. What do you mean forced? Well, I was ready for a sober podcast, but I've been handed CC and dry. So, you know, one off the wood style. That's a sugar-free one, though. I feel like you're not going to like it. <laughs> We're on. Uh, sugar-free. Well, I've got a light beer. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I've got a Coke Zero. We're all on track. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I suppose... I suppose uh, this. I thought it was going to be a sober one off wood because we are in the presence of greatness. The uh, the Olympian, a nurse, a uh, are you okay ambassador, a the once upon a time face the back page of the phone book. That's where people might know front uh, page. our guest from. Front page was it the front? <laughs> yeah. Wowzers, trousers, and uh, very uh, enthusiastic neighbourhood watch um, <laughs> neighbourhood watcher from the balcony. So Rachel Lynch, welcome to One Off the Wood, second time. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, we haven't had many return guests, have we? Is that our fault? They really come back. They really come back. (laughs) (laughs) What an absolute pleasure. That's why I'm back. They normally go on to Um, great things, though. Like Ash Nelson went on to uh, proper broadcasting. So I like to think we (laughs) launched her career and she left us behind. (laughs) Well, this might be a transition time for me too. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Um, That's actually my first question. I want to know. Tokyo Olympics, are they going to be on? Is it going to happen? Yeah, it's on. It's on. I think uh, it's at a point now where it's too expensive to be off. Uh, so it's just everyone scrambling to find a way to make it happen. Is every country going to turn up? I don't think so. I actually feel like from a COVID perspective, the rules are so strict. There's going to be countries, teams, individuals that won't get through. Right. And that's the big question. Are you going to be there? <laughs> I really hope so. Um, yeah, I've had my vaccination, so may as well make it worthwhile, jump on an international flight. But yeah, we find out shortly. So hopefully I will, I'll be on the, on the plane. So we've got, we're doing this on a Tuesday night and you've got selections for the Olympic team actually come out on Friday this week. Correct. Yeah, that- we, we find out Friday, but the uh, announcement's not for a few days later, so you've got to keep it a secret over the weekend. All right, you have to give us the inside word. We might break <laughs> that news on one yeah. off the wood. <laughs> quick episode. Um, is that, that's pretty stressful, right? Like, is it, and, you know, I, I don't know too much. Andy probably doesn't know too much, but um, you were, after getting announced as 2019 World Goalkeeper of the Year and then cut from the squad quite uh, abruptly, I might say. Yeah, yeah, good memories. <laughs> uh, what? So you're back in the squad, though. Can you give us a real brief summary? What What happened there? You You're out sure. and in again. Yeah, it was. Um, well, give us I a mean, long it's story. Been a pretty... <laughs> yeah, how long have you got? Um, it's been a yeah pretty wild ride. Um, 
obviously it started with the COVID, um, COVID coming along and then that resulted in the postponement of the Olympics. So we were all prepping for the Olympics for 2020. And then, yeah, things changed a little bit as, as it did for everyone. But that meant for us that because the Olympics were postponed, we all then had to get selected again, which, I mean... <laughs> For any athlete, it's kind of a bit frustrating because if you're an individual athlete and you'd already qualified, then you kept your qualification and you still got to go. Whereas for us, it was like, well, another year down the track, people might be injured. You might be, we're obviously another year older. So uh, we then had a situation where we had to prove ourselves again, which for me didn't feel like much of an issue. I've, I felt pretty confident leading into the Olympics that um, I was the number one goalie and uh, recently had got the award. So that obviously helped. But then, yeah, um, found out when the team was announced that, that they weren't going to be taking me. So completely out of the blue, had no idea um, and a, a pretty horrible time. But uh, I yeah, put through an appeal because at the, at the time the program was under investigation um, via sort of external review kind of committee, if you like. And yeah, so myself and my teammate Georgie Morgan both put through appeals and what we thought would maybe take a week or two ended up taking nearly 150 days where we had to train by ourselves because we weren't obviously in the program, um, had no contact from any any staff in the program. The girls were amazing. Um, they actually all sort of signed a letter when it first happened saying they wouldn't be going to the Olympics without us. So that was quite powerful and, and special. But um, yeah, the appeal was yeah quite a uh, horrible, horrible process and lawyers and all of that sort of stuff and something that I hope no one has to go through and I certainly don't want to ever go through that again. But we won, so that was exciting. And um, uh, <laughs> then another hurdle because we thought winning meant we'd just go back into the team and it didn't. So then we had to prove ourselves again and I was fortunate enough to, to do that and get my spot back, but Georgie wasn't and it was just a, yeah, a pretty horrible time all up. But here we are now prepping for the Olympics. And, and then you've got to sit on the fence again and wait to, to know yep. if you've been selected. Yep. It sounds hectic. like a, as a, <laughs> And how do you actually find out? I'm picturing, you know, like, did you make the school play? You know, picture <laughs> on the wall, little list, everybody's running up. Radio announcement. No, we just get an email. So uh, you get sent an email at a particular time and it's just the team list. So you're either on it or you're not. We're all very good at scanning through and knowing where your name is alphabetically. So I'm right in the middle. And yeah, I'll just scroll down, have a look, see my name and hopefully, and then, uh, yeah, then I suppose it hits you. But it's it's quite impersonal, but we also have discussed it in the past and that seems to be the preference. No one really wants to talk to anyone. So an email just means you can open it wherever you want to be and with whoever you want. Why was it you two? Do you know why? <laughs> um, <laughs> Can't talk about it. No, oh, I mean, look, the fact that we had to go through essentially legal proceedings meant that everything was uncovered. And um, what what I can say is the findings from the appeal, which was a completely independent panel that reviewed everything, said that um, that decision could not have been humanly possible, if if that makes sense. So that was the findings that no no person could have made that decision. No reasonable yeah. person. To not pick the, the world's best Correct. goalkeeper from 2019 from the previous <laughs> year in a team. Yeah. I mean, it, to, to someone on the outside, it doesn't make any sense at all. So Yeah. So, I mean, and that was pleasing. At the end of the day, 
I guess for me, it was, it sort of raised some things that I, I certainly didn't believe were true. And during that time, I wasn't able to speak about any of it because of the legal side. Um, so to have the findings come through and the fact that we um, were both proven to be essentially completely innocent of anything um, was, was a big relief and um, nice to know that, yeah, they just made a really, really bad mistake. Um, so going forward, it's not your first Olympics though. Um, this one. No. How many How many times have you been to the Olympics before? I've only been once. This is my fourth Olympic cycle though. So. What's What do you mean by cycle? Uh, well, so we work in four year cycles, and essentially it means I've missed out twice. I've gone once, and this is my fourth fourth time. <laughs> okay, and a, and a few com games in there. There's a few accolades. So 220 caps for um, the Aussie team, the most of any goalkeeper, I believe. Yeah. Is, that, is that correct? Yep. You can correct me if you're wrong. Number 27. <laughs> Why number 27? I want to know that. Uh, I didn't get to pick it. But <laughs> Just stuck with it. Yeah, well, that's it. You kind of, it's, it's what's available when you debut. And um, funnily enough, actually, and I don't know if, I've never really been into this sort of thing, but now I am. Ever since my appeal, uh, or actually since being sort of booted, the last few weeks leading into the announcement, I was seeing number 27 everywhere. And... You know, like people like, oh, you probably were looking for it. A bit like when you start looking at... bias. Yeah, yeah, when you're looking at cars and stuff. I'm not joking. Sometimes it would be four or five times a minute and it's not stopped. And it's now been a couple of months where it's no... Every time I check my watch, it's 27. Like, it's incredible, you know, sit at a table, number 27. Like, I don't know, I, I can't not believe it. And sometimes I try and not look for it now. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, there was 27 in our squad... I'm obviously number 27, um, so it just keeps popping up and hopefully it's a good sign. It's been you know, it good to gold. me so far. It has to mean gold, doesn't it? It can't <laughs> mean anything else. Exactly, yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, quick interruption to the podcast. Uh, a couple of days after we recorded this, it was announced that Rachel did, in fact, make the Olympic team. Uh, so she'll be heading to Tokyo in July. Um, so congrats, Rach, and we'll get back to the podcast. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, for it. when when did you start playing hockey? Tell, tell us about the beginnings of the. I want to know what it takes eventually to get to <laughs> Olympian. Um, I started when I was twelve, so a bit later than most, and played heaps of sports as a kid. Had an older brother. Definitely attribute my competitive side to him. Just wanted to be better than him at everything. But standard. <laughs> yeah. Playing in the backyard, any sport, any ball game, we would we'd get amongst it. And I, yeah, I tried hockey at school, at primary school, because I had a teacher that sort of encouraged us to, you know, do all sports and turned out I was okay at it. I think I'd played softball and baseball, so I had a bit of a sliding, also hand-eye um, background. Basketball, I'm not sure what the transfer over is there, but um, eventually it helped having sort of long limbs and a bit of height. But yeah, I guess just generally was reasonably coordinated and that helped me as a goalie. And so I moved across from basketball, which was my sport. Got into the hockey and yeah, haven't looked back. Did you ever? Did you ever play on the field or always in goals? Yeah, I played on the field for school because we had a pretty pretty good team and I would have just been standing there doing nothing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I'm not that great. I mean, I do a bit of coaching, so that sort of keeps my on-field skills up. But I certainly can't r run like the girls can, and I don't have the fitness either. So happy to be the goalie. So you, how did you find yourself in goals then for that for the younger team? I did both. So I tried out for the state team as both because the school had some equipment and uh, they picked me as a goalie. So they kind of made the decision for me. Um, and sometimes I wonder, had they picked me on the field, 
well, I don't wonder because I don't think I would have made it to this level. But, um, yeah, happy that they picked me as a goalie. And it seems to suit me. Like, it's quite a niche position. Um, but general coordination and athleticism seems to be pretty key. And, and, and that's something I have. So, yeah. I think, and also not not to be underrated, you have incredible reflexes because <laughs> we we played at uh, you know air hockey, not related to, to field hockey, but Different air hockey. hockey at time zone. Ab- <laughs> absolutely flogged me. Like it, it, I, I beat Messi, our mate, and then Messi tagged you, and she's like, right, Rach, beat him, and absolutely flogged. They're like I, my eyes, not even keeping up with what was going on. So there's obviously a bit of training in there. There's some hard work, but it's in there. It's in you. What what else do you reckon that would translate to? Um, what the reflexes? Yeah. Or anything else that you just flog people out that you just like um, turn up to time zone and beat kids for no reason. <laughs> no, I try not to do that. I don't. I don't know. I um. I mean, it's helpful if like people just throw stuff at you. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> do people? <laughs> do you have a lot of people throwing stuff at you? It's like. I, I do. I do. I've. I've I've got a new job, well, newish. I've been there for a year, but I've got an office job now. So I transitioned from a hospital into a mining company. And the people around me in my in my pod, a couple of them like sports. So we've, you know, developed this friendship and they've all come on this journey with me because, you know, going for so many months with my appeal and whatever, you know, they obviously could see the emotional toll it took. But anyway, so they've bought into the journey. And when I got back in, one of the guys that sits behind me, he's a rugby player and just bloody loves it. It was like he decided it was his mission to help train me throughout the day by just randomly throwing stuff. And others have caught, like, what come on guy. board. Because my, yeah, I know, so great. And my um, desk is on the, I guess, the path to the kitchen. So other people randomly just walk past and just quickly, you know, side throw something at me. So I, I really appreciate that support. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stuff, like, is it pens and, and you know? Anything, like anything. The, like the coffee, just like a latte comes in hot spinning and you've got to catch it up. Generally right? not. We had um, some Easter eggs floating around, so they were a popular one. Uh, anything, really. I'm happy to... Tr- you know, take the challenge of whatever comes my way. Food's probably the uh, best option. If someone's going to mm, throw something yeah. at you. <clears throat> well, didn't someone throw something at your head at work the other day and probably not to help you? I swear last podcast uh, yeah, you said someone yeah. threw something at your head at work, but uh, anyway. Oh, yeah, I did. It was a deodorant can. I just took it like did a champion. No, I just headbutted it. I didn't what? even move. I just wanted to show him that I wasn't worried about brave, metal brave. objects thrown at my head. <laughs> and it quite hurt. Nailed me right in the middle of the head. Oh, you might be a good goalie. Bravery is important. Well, speaking of good goalies, I, I'm not sure if you've listened to our latest episode, but last week I did 20 questions with Andy, 20 tangents with Andy. <laughs> and one of them uh, questions I said to him, I was interested, you know, Andy, what, what sport, if you'd qualified for the Olympics, what sport do you think it would be in? What was your answer, Andy? Well, I prefaced it by saying no sport. I don't think there's a, I don't think I'm cut out <laughs> for any sport. And I was trying to think of something that I could potentially do. And without, and I'd said hockey goalie. And obviously, did you? I <laughs> am. <laughs> obviously, why? why? But I'm extremely why did you say naive. hockey goalie? Well, because I figured it's. I was. I it's think easy. I was thinking of ice hockey, and I was like, "Well, it's just a small little, little net, and I'm wearing all that gear. How hard can it be?" <laughs> oh no, yeah, not hard how, at all. How hard can it be, Rach? Tell us. <laughs> well, ice hockey, far out. That's that would be even harder trying to do what I do, but with skates on. Yeah. Um, I think the hardest bit for most people is the fact that your natural instincts tell you to get out of the way and your job is to get in the way. Get in the way. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the idea of the equipment to add a sort of level of armor to help with the bravery. But, yeah, essentially you're trying to defy what your body, you know, 
go the towards to what it's trying to do. the danger. Do you train like yeah, like cross train with like uh, hand eye coordination drills or anything like that? Or do you just yeah, I get down to, to time zone and that light, that light wall thing that you have to press all the buttons. Um, that one's a good one. But no, I think your reflexes, it's, we get enough training with the actual hockey. Yeah. Um, sometimes the girls come in so close and just wind up. So that's usually a, a good challenge because you're just trying to, like self-preservation seems to jump in there. I would imagine it's a lot about playing with the teams. Though. Not necessarily a good team, but like knowing your teammates and knowing the positions they're going to be in if it's front post or rear post or good, the good. player, good player am I, am I <laughs> keeping up here? Yeah. Or if someone moves to the left, do they follow them or leave you to cover that side? Is that yeah. a lot to do with it? Yeah, like decision making and you try and make it predictable. You want your defenders to be predictable and you as well so you can work together. But um, yeah, I guess that's why experience matters. It's probably the same as any sport. The more time you spend doing it, the more you can read the play. And I think that's, yeah, definitely a strength of mine. But it also showed it was one of the hardest things with my time away. Um, I can do a lot of training by myself. I could, you know, go to the gym. I could ride. I, I got fitter than I've probably ever been. But you can't replace, well, certainly as a goalie, you need other people to train. I can't train by myself because I need people to hit the balls. And we, I was just, I live around the corner. Mate. You could have, you could have uh, called me up. I would have call up. gladly um, come and smashed balls. Yeah. yeah. Look, quality was what I was after. Oh, all right. <laughs> Randomness. I would have been able yeah. to help with sporadic. Yeah, has, well, one of go, your previous guests, Nello, she came down. Messi, a few, a few other people you know came and had a few hits. So it's good. Do you think we should put Andy in the goals next time he's over in Perth? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Hey, I, I actually, I played hockey goalie probably two games. Like you said, you started at twelve. I stopped at eleven. So <laughs> okay. I didn't realise my full potential as a hockey player. But I did play my yep. last season well, in grade time. five as as goalie. So yeah, I, right. I assume I'm ready to have an Olympic level hockey player hit a ball at me really, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's do it. Honestly, <laughs> when you're here. I'd, I would love to do it. I don't think it'd be great. Well, hit, well, he threw me under the bus. Here was. So it would be only right if yeah. I came and copped a few balls. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first ball. Absolutely. Um, Rachel, pre, pre-game, I imagine like the goalie, you know, a bit like soccer, not so many goals scored. So there's a lot of stress in your position on the field. First of all, do you have a pre-game ritual or superstition or anything like that? I don't. Um, yeah, I try and stay away from that a little bit just because, you know, things are always changing. And I do put my gear on in the same order every time, but that's just so I don't forget any bits. Okay. <laughs> Go out there without a net guard or something. Yeah, oh, it's happened. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that's how you know when you're super nervous, when you forget a pretty key piece of equipment. Um, but no, no, nothing really. I, I try and be pretty relaxed. And again, having my experience helps. But when I was younger, for sure, did the music and did all that sort of stuff just to try and get myself right. Whereas now I've done enough hours that I can go out reasonably calm and just let my body kind of take over. How do you calm yourself? Do you do breathing exercises or anything or you just you just uh, can do it? I think being in a team helps because you can kind of feed off people and like even I like to sort of kick a footy if there's someone there that will kick the footy around on the pitch. Um, just, yeah, try and have a laugh. If the girls have got music going, then get around that. But, um, yeah, I'm not sort of locked into anything. The breathing stuff is part of it. But in general, I'm trying to get my breathing rate up to, you know, I guess be a bit more amped because that's kind of key as well. I've had 
over the past few months, I've had some things going on that's given me a little bit of anger and that seemed to help as well. Um, some of my performances were, I'm going to prove you wrong and um, that's not a reliable source because I don't want to be fueled by anger for the rest of my career, but it did help. So there's all different things and I guess essentially at the end of the day, all you want to do is try and use whatever you're feeling in that moment to help you rather than stop you. Is there anyone, the, the team DJ? Yeah, we've got a few of those, um, which is good. Name and shame. Who are they? <laughs> uh, Sav Fitz is pretty good. Rosie Malone, she's usually got some tunes because, you know, you need someone that's up with all the current The current songs. stuff. <laughs> These days, it's all the TikTok songs, which even though I'm the oldest in the team, I love TikTok. So, I'm, I'm all about those. Are you on TikTok? <laughs> and learning the dances. Yeah, yeah, I'm on TikTok. I'm mostly a... Um, a watcher. Is it an orbiter? Is that what they call it? Don't know. Yeah. Where you watch, but don't, yeah. Um, I love, I honestly love TikTok. And funnily enough, TikTok got me through some really tough times because it's the only thing that makes me laugh out loud. And as much as it's addictive, I just love it. There's so much sort of funny shit on there. Do you guys watch it? Andy's missus is a TikToker. Ooh. Yeah, she, my my missus is a TikToker. And cool. <clears throat> because of that, my Instagram has been like, like taken over by the TikTok because <laughs> like it's like oh you watch you watch Mel do these things so you must love this and like I can't get away <laughs> yeah. from it like I say I don't nice but it's it sucks you down a little vortex it's just like next next one next one and it's pretty funny yeah it, and the songs like there's a few songs that just they go fully viral and uh, mm. you just hear them for weeks and weeks and weeks so yeah well creating a viral TikTok seems to be um quite the challenge but I I will admit I do have one good one which was will have seen because it was part of my neighborhood watch that I posted that got 200,000 views 200k booyah yeah it was a guy that was trying to stop a tow truck that was towing his car you see him maybe um that is actually quality. It looks like it reminds me of Tiananmen Square, but less guns. <laughs> Tiananmen and, um, Square, except the tow truck. I can understand being trying to stop that. Yeah. Was this out the front of your house, or? Yeah, yeah. Filmed from my balcony, and I've actually got a better one of another guy. I filmed up the road, which is quite hard to describe, but it's funny. And unfortunately, TikTok pulled it down because there's a little bit of nudity. But please Ooh. try I'll to share describe that with you guys it. later. Please try and describe <laughs> it. Well, the street that I live on is a reasonably busy road and I was just walking along and the fact that I've I've gotten into this whole neighborhood watch thing means that I put my phone on record usually before something happens because I know something's about to happen. You've got Sensitive the sixth sense the for it. Yep. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love it. So, this time I was walking up the street and there's kind of this like derelict sort of house that I didn't think anyone lived in. And so I quickly turned the phone on record because I could see this guy walking down his driveway and he was wearing nothing but a pair of kind of like saggy underwear, but the undies were also halfway down his bum and he was walking down the driveway to collect his mail. So it was, it was a main road, like everyone could see and I managed to record it and I'm not very subtle, but I don't think he even noticed. Um, so I got a full view of this guy just collecting his mail and walking up the driveway with his butt hanging out. And um, but yeah, TikTok took it down. That, that'd be the bell tower, tower times sort of stuff. Oh, maybe they'd be yeah. into that. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. But like, he's just uh, he's just minding his own business, trying to get the mail. 
in his saggy undies. Well, correct. We don't all have <laughs> brand new pairs of bonds that we can wear every every day. <laughs> it's tough times. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough, tough times, times for some people. It's just so great though, and I really want it to be shared with everyone. But we'll share it. Send it to okay. Was. We'll, we'll put it we'll on put the it Instagram. See if we can get it taken. Yeah, we'll please. Was we'll uh, was we, you went viral today on Instagram? The Bush Truck crew oh, yeah, posted that. Andy. a picture of you online. They they did an old picture. Well, that's I think thanks to um, Harry from Fire to Fork, uh, who who sent my um, picture on Instagram to uh, a cowboy fans page, but it's of the <laughs> homosexual variety, and they um and I was like, that's quite funny, Harry. And then I I woke up yes um, to a lot of follows. So my personal Instagrams had a little bit of a run wow, as well on follows. Nice. So I put on an extra. Uh, Extra ten percent of, of followers I, from mostly this, from the states. Can I just say, and this they will get. This is Rachel. This is your podcast, but I, I have to read some of these comments out. We'll come back to the hockey. Please. It's like I want to be a barrel when I grow up. That's Nikki Warren, eighty-five. <laughs> yes. T Bond Brindle says poof chook. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Blonde WA girl says now that's nice, and then a couple of other girls tagging their friends in there. Like, so good. That's good. how you know you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> made what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> made what? <laughs> yes. Made it as oh, a. Well, you would say that. A I got a, you're a gay um, icon a of the rodeo. You are a gay icon <laughs> of the rodeo. No, you're no, more of a no, gay icon you. than Jake Gyllenhaal in the rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> Cowboy Connection. If anyone's interested, give it a give them a look. Cowboy <laughs> Connection on Instagram. One hundred and fifteen thousand nice. followers. There you go. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Bloody, I got it. Well, look, maybe I have. Maybe it kickstarted because I got a message from um, someone, uh, a recruiter in the in Sweden, actually looking for um, talent for a maths style show this nice. week in Sweden. I politely declined. Well, she's from Sweden, but they're looking globally. It's a global show, apparently. Oh. I said, look, say yes. I th- I'm so out of shape. Have you seen this rig lately? And no, have you the, got time? And like the people that go on those shows, there's so many reasons to Come say on. no to that. Uh, Just no, say look, yes. I'm, Just I'm say right. yes. Politely declined. I'll do it for the podcast. <laughs> I think you should do it. Do it straight for the podcast. Yeah, Especially I do too. Um, S- Swedish maths, you can't go too wrong. They're friendly over yeah. there. Yeah. Ursäkta, jag talar inte svenska. Du hör så himla full. So I still got the bloody Swedish from what back in the day. What do you mean still got it? When did you have it? Like, um, back in, remember Sophie from Melbourne? Oh, she yeah. She taught me a bit of Swedish. Yep. I well, do. she's from Sweden, but yes. when you're in Melbourne, I learnt some some Swedish. It's useful. Nice. I basically said, "I'm sorry, I don't speak Swedish," and you're so drunk. <laughs> Perfect. Which That's is all you need. And uh, voya stranden. Where is the beach? That's all you need to know, I think, in many languages. But you're right, Andy. This is um, yes, yeah, Rachel's it. podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> fuck. Let's, let's bring it back on track, if possible. No, I want to talk about Swedish math. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Rachel. Tell us. Uh, have you got any like? What's your proudest moment on the pitch? Proudest. All time. Um. I, I, I remember one. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of hockey, but I was watching. I wouldn't even know what competition. You'll know. But it was a penalty shootout. I think against the Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, went down to the last couple of penalties. Do you remember this game? Uh, I think I know the one you're talking about. You pretty much start. What do you mean? Do you think you know? <laughs> I, I, I watched the last couple of minutes and realised it was into penalties. And as I recall, there were... A lot of saves going on, and then do you remember this game? I, th- I think you might. Is, would it would be against Argentina, 
or so no. Okay. The goal, the goalie, the other goalie was saving them, and then really getting around herself, jumping up and down, yeah, climbing yeah. it, fist punching the air. That's pretty standard. And then Rach was just like, boom, another one saved. Walk <laughs> off, head down, focused. Still, I was like, there is no way anything gets past Rach in this. <laughs> and and sure enough, the other goalie put a few down, and and uh, yeah, the Aussies won. Yeah, I actually got challenged on this recently. Um, speaking of the celebration thing, we've got a new coach and she was sort of like, well, why don't you kind of like get up in their face and try and put them off and, you know, all of that bounce around. And it's like, it's a pet hate for me. In those moments, I am so focused that it's like, well, what's the point of celebrating when you've got another four to go? And I, I actually hate watching opposition do it. And I think if they're celebrating, it's... Did they not expect to save it? Or I, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I'm more than happy to celebrate when we win. But, uh, yeah, God, I love the shootouts. They're so fun. And the pressure is the best part for me. So uh, I can't, yeah, That's exactly remember the game. But is, is that the best thing about being the goalie? Because I would think it would be the worst thing, that the game has played 80 minutes and it comes down to uh, – is it 80 minutes? 60. Yeah. Close. Yeah, close. <laughs> Did my research. Uh, but but then it's coming down to just shootouts at, at the end. Like, you love that. Yeah, well, I think as a goalie because you can't contribute to the game uh, to the win essentially in the game. You can obviously stop your team from losing. Whereas once you get into that moment, you feel like you can have a bit more of a um, – bit more involvement and because I guess I'm like quite an aggressive style of keeper I just love that that now I can sort of show what I can do and really help make it easier for the girls to win by taking the pressure I kind of take it off them essentially I hope they sort of when we go to shootouts they know that I'll get you know at least three or so and then they can just relax and do their thing it's like a bass so that's the best thing Like a what? Like a bass solo. The bass player, he's there, he's just, he's toeing the line and then it's his time to shine. Once in the whole gig, he gets to do a bass solo. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's a bit like that. Yeah. (laughs) Never two bass solos, just one. Just one. Yeah. Yeah, One moment. Don't want to overdo it. But um, (laughs) is that... Are you a music man? (laughs) I am the music man. I come from down your way. Uh, Yeah, I play a bit of music. Do you think nice. because you love the pressure, is that why you're the best? Is that why you're Australia's number one? Because when it comes to those... World. World's number one. <laughs> World's number one, sorry. Because you eat the um, pressure for breakfast. Maybe. I, I think I mean, it's obviously helped me in some big moments. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that. Are you like... Do you... In, the re- in your... like? in life in general if you've got something like a big pressure moment coming up at work do you like feel the same way or is it just in hockey it's definitely um more so in hockey and it's the same it's the old old saying of like you know if you prepare for your exams you get you don't get as nervous because you know you've done everything and i feel that way with hockey definitely but i think yeah, pressure things in life sort of don't scare me as long as I can prepare properly for them. Um, and I don't do too many things in life that are any sort of pressure like what hockey creates. I don't know. Uh, were you not taking COVID tests? Yeah. Like as in doing the test, putting, you know, cotton buds into people's brains. Yeah, but that's, that's not fucking, pressure for me. <laughs> that's not pressure for you. It's, it's pressure, pressure in brain. their brain. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I don't know. What other exam? What sort of, I guess, yeah, work deadlines and things. I don't know. Things get, life gets stressful sometimes. Yeah. For the non-athletes amongst us. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> stress and pressure. <laughs> Slightly different. I. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, so, proudest moment. Do you have Do you have one on the pitch? It's obviously not the game that I saw you win. <laughs> that was, that was Waz's proudest moment. Yeah, <laughs> I was proud. I know that girl. She's my friend. Um, yeah, there's been a few special moments, I'd say. Um, beating the Dutch, we did that a couple of years ago for the first time in a long, long time. Like, I'm talking over 10 years. We just couldn't beat them. And um, I think I had like 20 plus touches and um, we won 1-0. And that was epic. We did that in Melbourne. So that was pretty cool. Bit of a milestone, I suppose. Uh, there's been plenty of shootouts that are, have been quite memorable, a bit like the one you mentioned. But the thing is with the shootouts is when you win them, it's a final. Usually, Well, it has to be a final. So it's either a quarterfinal or semi or grand final. So that's an exciting way to win. Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, individually, even though it was hockey, winning the award was, was quite a proud moment for me because – you know, I'm in a team sport and when you have success, you're always sharing it with your team and to get some individual recognition was, was quite cool. Um, but, you know, that was, I guess, overshadowed by what happened afterwards. But I've still got the trophy and I'm, I'm reigning international goalie of the year still because there wasn't one last year. So I'll, Two um, years, that's <laughs> bonus, best year. That, that's all yeah, about that. I, I couldn't get a run for Australia, but I've got the... Um, <laughs> International goalie. So loose. Um, who's the best person to play with? Who's the best person you play with? Because you de- debuted for Australia in 2006. So there's been a lot of girls come and go um, since then. Yep. Who's the best, most fun to play with? Most fun. Oh, that's a good question. Um, there's been so many, um, like so many incredible people. I've actually, we all have a Hockey Roos number based on when we debuted and there's been over 120 different girls I've played with since I debuted, um, which is a bit of an interesting statistic. And, yeah, so many, like, just great, great people. Um, You've got to name one. Come on, two. I'll give you two. Um, oh, I have to give Ash Nelson a plug because we played together for a long time. Uh, such a laugh, you know, does crazy stuff. She's She plays sort of midfield forward. But occasionally she'd come visit me on the back post and just come flying in and save the day. And, um, you know, we always had a good chuckle about that. But just to be able to go away on tour with, you know, one of your best mates is really special. And uh, we did that for many years. And I've and there's, you know, so many others uh, that I could name. But it's just, yeah, you just feel so fortunate to create these friendships with people that um, you go away and do what you love with. And... Yeah, get to share success and go through hard times together and, you know, there's nothing like that to, I guess, build a, a relationship. Was that your roommate, your go-to roommate, Nello? Uh, she actually wasn't. I've had a few different ones over the years, but your roommate is more around your sleeping habits. Uh, and I think... Like from- side sleepers? Or <laughs> what? <laughs> more specific? We've got two big spoons here. We're going to have to trade one out. We've got a little spoon. <laughs> Um, Nello and I have definitely slept in some bizarre places around the world together. Um, but yeah, it's more, if you get up early, you don't want to be in a room with someone who gets up early and you're a sleeper in So that's pretty key. But I've had so many different roommates and you learn to be very tolerant of each other. And I think it's kind of like a, a good relationship. You need to be able to sit in silence with your partner and for a roommate, it's exactly the same because otherwise you're going to spend a lot of time talking and just get over each other. So... 
Have you got no, any crazy crazy stories from from the touring? Doesn't oh, necessarily crazy. Yes. I know what what happens on tour stays on tour, but <laughs> if you can give us one little one little story. Oh, you put me on the spot. Do you um, need to throw Nello under the bus? That's about, okay as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> is that what uh, you're asking for? Um, what about the best place to go touring? Like the because you do a couple of them. You went to go to China every year, New Zealand. There's a few common ones. Yeah. Is there anywhere that's really fun? We go to Argentina a lot, uh, and that's very cool because I I love the culture over there. It's a little bit. Um, it's quite humbling because some places you stay a little bit sort of dangerous and essentially a bit third world, but we just go over there like completely naively cruising around as a group of young females, you know, wearing bright colored green and gold clothing and just peacocking around. The yeah. Pretending like we're not in danger when, you know, we get told that we need an armed guard to walk around with us. But um, yeah, Argentina's cool. Obviously Europe's great, but you know, we don't get to do it like a proper holiday. Like I've never really been to a pub in Europe um, and yet I've been over there probably 10 plus times. Um, but back to your, story, your question about the, the funnies, I think a lot of the best bits happen on the last night. Um, you know, a, a long, long time ago, it wouldn't happen now. We wouldn't get away with it. But packing the bus the next morning, one of the girls found a friend that night and, um, you know, he <laughs> kindly carried the bag down the next morning to the bus in front of everyone. Couldn't speak a word of English. That was pretty good. We've had other nights. Um, <laughs> that's the that's a he's owned that walk of shame. Yeah, that's yep. cat <laughs> bad cat. Yeah, well, yeah, well played. Um, other nights where girls have fallen asleep in the hallway, you know, either lost their key or their roommate passed out, couldn't get in. You know, all that sort of stuff that doesn't happen often because we're you know well-behaved athletes. But you know, they're the the nice way to end the tour usually. The last night shenanigans. Yeah, that's it. Um, one of the common questions that people ask that I've got an Olympian on the podcast this week, you know, is there anything that you'd want to know? And the thing that comes up all the time is the Olympic Village. People want to know, <laughs> like, you know, we've all heard rumours that it's a bit like Woodstock. You know, there's a lot of free loving going on. Um, is there any truth to it? She's just gone away. She's just run away. I'll answer Scared that. Scared from the question. Okay. Andy, you answer that. You I'll answer for that for you. Yes. It is a lot like Woodstock. Jimi Hendrix is often playing. Uh, it's muddy. There's a lot of LSD. Uh, <laughs> and she's back. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Pit stop. <laughs> so, yeah, is, it, is it there any truth to the rumour? Is it a bit like Woodstock, free love? And tell us about the Olympic Village after most people have done their events. Yeah, it's... Um, well, interestingly enough, majority of the athletes this time are going to miss out on all of this because of COVID. So, the true village experience may now be changed forever but i can confirm that the headquarters for australia i don't know about other countries but they do usually they have like a bit of an area that's kind of like a common room maybe that's where the medical um people are so you can go there for appointments and stuff but they usually have a snack bowl with some sponsored food and they always have a bowl of condoms so i guess essentially if you're in an in an environment where there's a lot of males and females interacting they just want to make sure that the Australians are safe and yeah so there's a lot of fun the partying definitely happens um we are there for the full two weeks which is great for us but a lot of people are finished in the first day so do they get kicked out of the village when you No, finished, it's or? kind of country dependent and sport dependent uh some stay you know like our 
swimmers only do a week, athletics only do a week. So there's a bit of a mixture, but yeah, they're usually, most people are pretty respectful, but a lot of stuff happens and some people just go absolutely crazy because they've been training for however long in the lead up and eating healthy and doing all the right things. And then they finish and it's like, well, yeah, just time to have fun. The the Aussies that came last in badminton and now are just <laughs> frothing because they're <laughs> two weeks old. And it's all like food provided or does Everything. each country have their own food? No, or? the the dining hall is pretty epic. In Rio, it, was, it seated 5,000 people and it was literally any food that you could ever think of. And it's really hard because you obviously try and eat what you normally eat. Maybe I would eat three different meats for dinner if I had that option. It's just that at home I choose to only cook one. So <laughs> humble, humble. <laughs> hey, do um, you think? Um, but even things. Sorry, go on. No, no, you go. No, I thought you'd stop there, and I was going to say something stupid. But I can say it. <laughs> go on. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyway, the bowl of condoms. If someone was to go through and pick those condoms. Think of all the super, super athletes that we could be creating by mixing nationalities and sports at the Olympics. I feel like the condoms are actually the last thing that you need. We could be creating. They're, they're hindering us. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it certainly from a um, people watching point of view. It's a good point. <laughs> the Olympics is incredible for different body types and shapes and you know I'm a quite a I'm a quite a tall girl I'm not quite six foot but sometimes it makes it really hard as a single gal to find tall guys whereas the Olympics my goodness you just pick a sport and every single one is over six foot five so from a like buffet point of view that's where you want to be <laughs> a lot of different meat for dinner <laughs> yeah. three a night if you wish <laughs> yeah. It's just like Woodstock. <laughs> wouldn't normally have three. T- anyway, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, and who do you, who do you like? Uh, or do, do the big athletes? You know, like your Usain Bolts, your Phelps, um, even Federer. I mean, there's tennis there. Do, do these guys get special preference where they stay in the village? Do they have to stay in the village? It does change a little bit because you would think that they would feel at home in a village amongst athletes, but in fact, they're still superstars and they get hassled a lot. Uh, so you, you definitely feel for them because, you know, I'm, I'm the same. I'd love to get a photo with someone like that, like that and talk to them. And so they do have to sometimes be stay elsewhere because someone like Federer, obviously, Usain Bolt, he gets escorted around everywhere. But, you know, I mean, he's a party boy. A couple of our girls ended up in his room innocently, um, but it was just like that. He looked over the balcony, saw them, said, come on up. And next minute we were getting photos from his bedroom. And... Wow. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, that's that's how powerful, I guess, they are. And, you know, our girls were fine. They just went up and got a few photos and then left. But it's just like, yeah, that even if, in if you say Bolt asks to his party, you go to his party. Like, you're exactly. not going to say, oh, I mean. no, no, exactly. no, not tonight. I, I won't, we won't come up and hang out with you, saying. You definitely go. No, up but there. can you imagine our? Come back to ours, mate. Come, come. No, 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 no. Come back. No, come back to our place. You can imagine our group chat when two of the girls said, "We are in Usain Bolt's room," and we were like, "Prove it." Oh, wow, scoop. Yeah. Um, who who do you fangirl over? Who's the? Um, the basketballers. Um, Big dudes. Yep. I mean, like Federer and people like that are, are pretty impressive. I, I haven't met them. Um, Serena Williams got to sort of see her a bit, but I don't know. You kind of, 
there's not many Australians that you kind of lose your shit over, I wouldn't have said. But to see, you know, the French basketball team or the uh, Americans or... Uh, I don't know. You have admiration for these athletes, but there's not too many that I'm desperate to get a photo with purely because I don't want to hassle them either. You don't want to be that person. Have no. you, it, who fangirls over you? Is there anyone like that, um, you know, recognises you as the no greatest one. hockey goalkeeper in no the world? One. And says, Shit, that's right, Lynch. Well, I, I had someone in a cafe this morning. That was pretty cool in front of the girls. Had a um, two parents and... They were like, they said, oh, excuse me. And I turned around because I thought someone must have been behind me. And they're like, oh, are you Rachel Lynch? I said, yeah. And um, they were like, oh, our daughter's 11 and she thinks you're amazing. She's a goalie. And this was in front of my teammates too. So they were all losing Picked their Picked out. Yes, that's the best time yeah. for that to happen. Yeah. So I have a very niche market of, of fans because it's, you know, goalies or goalie parents. Committed fans. <laughs> yeah. But when it happens, it's, it's pretty cool. Like it makes you feel. Well, she said to me, she's like, oh, I emailed you a couple of weeks ago. And I was like... Did I, did I write back? She's like, yes. I was like, phew. <laughs> I was going to say, do you get letters? Because I remember when I was in primary school, you'd write letters to the to your Olympic um, like heroes, but I guess you get the emails now from the kids. Or no, they still do that. So you, you, can draw, you can draw pictures. So they engage schools to draw pictures and then they put those pictures all around the Australian section of the village. So when you get there, there'll be like, yeah, coloured kid pictures on the wall saying good luck and it, it's very special because no one wants an email printed and stuck on the wall no it's not quite the same is it Nah. so there's some tr- traditions like that that continue and that's yeah i guess for any athlete to get you know a letter from a kid or a picture from a kid that's sort of what it's all about really i've not got any letters but i'll be writing some this year <laughs> to the athletes who would you write to andy uh in the olympics this year, yep. probably Rachel Lynch, I'd say. Probably, yes. probably apologise for my comments about hockey goalies from last podcast. That would be the first few lines. <laughs> yeah. And then I draw Advise a picture. Advise me to choose my meat wisely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> choose your meat wisely. That's good. <laughs> um, is it? What about um, we've we've uh, openly talked about the Olympics quite a lot on this podcast because it it infuriated us in different ways and inspired us in others but um what sports potentially let's start with a positive should be in the olympics that aren't um i think they're in this time but i'm a big fan of the softball being in there i think it is i can't remember uh so that one should be in t-ball hockey should Mm, t-ball maybe not (laughs) break dancing no, nah. The the new additions are ridiculous. Absolutely Surfing? ridiculous. There's a whole heap I'd cull. Um, any Name, s- go on. Well, any sport... I'll write letters to these athletes, <laughs> by the way. Any sport where it's not the pinnacle. So, tennis, no. Golf, no. Surfing, okay, maybe that's a bit of an exhibition one this time. And I'd go with no, though. It's not, yeah, it's not a- the pinnacle. It's like it's going to be one for... No. I agree. Yeah, yeah. agreed. And they're, uh, they were supposed to be on a fake wave originally, I heard. Like... Are you kidding? That how is that? You know, same with soccer. It's under twenty threes, so it's not even your Wait, senior. The soccer is under twenty threes. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. That's a throwback Basketball to the old the... amateur days of the Olympics, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's just crazy, and you know, even yeah, baseball, basketball, sports like that, where it's like they have to get permission to leave their you know high paying contract in the US to go to the Olympics. Like it's just a joke. I I like that basketball's in there but it, I would like it more if it worked properly where alright everyone in the NBA that's from their original country goes back and 
plays for their country, but yep. half the time that doesn't work out. I think that's kind of cool, yeah. but Ag- if it works. Yeah, agreed. And it's, it's, I think any athlete, or sorry, any sports fan watching the basketball at the Olympics is pretty cool. Um, yeah. But it's just, I don't know. Yeah, what, what's on your list? Who would you guys kick out? I think you've named that. That's actually really key. If it's not the pinnacle of the sport, it doesn't deserve to be in there. I mean, I'd like to see it stripped back to purely feats of strength, and I don't feats of strength. I don't like in well, no, no, because it's like to show who is a superior athlete in this, and maybe not games. Like I would kick out hockey as well because it's a game. I disagree. Know? I try every time. I disagree. And, was like. I'm still on this why you can't have weight divisions in weightlifting and boxing because it's like they don't have divisions in basketball for height or okay well you're you know who who will win in a fist fight with gloves who will win <laughs> there's only one dude or one girl that's going to win not like oh you did all right for a, a small fella but the heavyweight would have killed you yeah it doesn't make sense yeah, it's quite interesting but, perspective. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But I also think like things like swimming and running, it's it's exercise. Like something like hockey <laughs> is a sport that has skills, and the exercise is training for the sport. Whereas we're just celebrating the exercise with running and swimming. So I think we could cull all of those. Maybe the marathon <laughs> stays in just because it's a long one. <laughs> it's quite impressive tradition. The, the swimming is an interesting one because. If you win a gold medal, I think for uh, for Australia, you get 20 grand, right? 20,000 20, and you get your name on a postage stamp. So if you're a swimmer, you, you can a- essentially win five medals. Whereas if I win a medal, 16 of us win it, but we only get one. And you split the 20 grand between your 16. And if you're being really kind, probably with the 27 that were in your squad. Oh, the so 20 grand. Look at this. You don't get 20 grand each. No, we split it in the team. Do you get your own so postage the team stamp? Gets 20. No, the team's on the stamp, which is that's fine. No worries. Wow. And one gold medal? Well, you we all get a medal, but essentially oh, it's good. classified you don't as have to one share. medal. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's an yeah, outrage. So I think that's an outrage. I think it should be at least 20 grand each and definitely at least one postage stamp each. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> What's, um, I don't know if you can say too much about this side of it, but... As a team sport, there's a lot of you, so the funding obviously has to get split differently to individual sports like swimming, who can get five gold medals and yeah. you know five five medals makes a lot of sense if they're paying for one athlete. But yep. what's the funding like for you guys as athletes? Because I know you have a part time job. You know you've always had a part time job. Mm. How, how does that work? Um, so we're government funded. So every sport's a little bit different, but we have yeah government funding. We get paid by Hockey Australia to live over in Perth and train full time. So for yeah six days a week we're on it's around three hundred dollars a week, um, which less than JobKeeper. Yes, um, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty tough figure. It's been the same figure for thirty years, I think. But that's fine because no prices have changed in in no. Perth. No, nah, especially Nothing. especially pints at the Subi Hotel. Same <laughs> price, nineteen seventy. Yeah. <laughs> I got a <clears throat> excuse me chai latte yesterday, and it was a public holiday, and it cost me seven dollars fifty. What the so, fuck is going on in Perth with the chai latte situation? Yeah. That's an outrage. Perth, come on. <laughs> anyway, so um, that's what we live off. But yeah, you get a little bit of government government funding top up, which is you know great, and we get paid in a lump sum, which is again challenging for any young person because if someone gives lump you lump sum, so like at, at what quarterly or twice a year. Twi- uh, 
but right it's all pay, based on performance. So if you do well, you might get a, you know, ten thousand dollars. But for anyone that's young, it's like, well, you're not going to then space that out and budget no, it across so the next six months. Yes, I've made it <laughs> ten grand. This will. Yeah, I'm yeah. rich. Straight to the car dealership, or if you need a new couch or a new TV phone, whatever it is. So it's it's. I'm not complaining. We're very lucky we get it, but. Um, I think the model makes it really tricky for young people to one live off and to put money aside. Like we don't, we don't pay tax, but that means we don't get super. So if you're an athlete for ten years, you're going to walk away with a pretty empty superannuation fund. No super, and that's hard. Yeah, and and the same thing with like part-time jobs, right? So if you worked as a casual, that's fine, but then you're away all the time. You you go on tour for like a month at a time. Yeah, correct. A couple of times a year, so struggle to find jobs as well would you yeah i think it's really hard a lot of the girls struggle you essentially need someone to take a chance on you because you're you know well picture this you go to a job interview um what's your availability okay well i'm available for two or three hours in the middle of the day uh four days a week and i'm away three months of the year but i won't know until a week before whether i'm going or not um please hire me by the way my resume is completely empty because i'm an athlete so yeah, people do struggle, but can catch things though in the kitchen. <laughs> very, very good reflexes. Yeah, I was trying well, to think what, enough, what would work. <laughs> the weird thing is, people think being an athlete or an Olympian helps you get a job. It it doesn't. Like, yeah, you have certain attributes, but it takes someone to understand those attributes to then take a chance on you. And we've had plenty of examples of girls that finish their career, you know, dual or sometimes three-time Olympian, can't get a job. Because their resume is blank and you can't even get through an initial phase of a job interview because it's usually a, complete, a computer reading your resume. Mm. And if it doesn't have the right qualifications or experience, you won't get through. But there's got to be so many Do transferable skills from just the dedication required and the the amount that goes into it. So there, there must be the opposite story of athletes finishing and doing really well, is there? Like yeah, once you sort of get through that first initial difficult period? For sure, but I think if you've got those skills and you're applying them, you've probably been working or doing yeah, all okay. of those things whilst yeah. you're an athlete. And I mean, I put myself in that category. I've always worked. I've had a job since I debuted, and um, even the last twelve months, I've worked full time whilst being full time athlete. But um, yeah, it can be done, and we've got a lot of examples of guys and girls that have done it. But um, definitely the goalies are actually holding the fort. Nearly all of the goalies have jobs and qualifications. So maybe there's something in that. Is that So you would say to anyone that's even, you know, um, I'm not sure too many one-off the wood listeners are looking uh, at Olympic, uh, <laughs> Olympic, <laughs> athletes. <laughs> Olympic athletes uh, these days or ideas, but to anyone that is young or got kids in sport to encourage them to have that balance? Oh, 100%. Or- the balance is really key. And then on the flip side, if you're a, an employee... Uh, an employer, then the skills, you know, the discipline, the um, organisation, the like there's so many skills, working in teams, leadership, um, you know, dealing with feedback. Like the biggest thing I noticed, and as I said, I've had a job in a hospital for a long time, but moving into the corporate world last year, it's amazing how positive the feedback is. And we're used to just being told you're not good at things and you almost crave it's like what am I doing wrong like what are the you feel like positive stuff is almost a waste of a, to, a waste of time because it's like <laughs> you what need do I to do get a that? sales job you'll love it <laughs> you'll love it well, we, well it's we, like yeah tell me what I need to fix <laughs> we're all we're, like I've been 
taught to give out compliment sandwiches essentially it's like you can't just give <laughs> negative feedback it's, it doesn't go down yep. very well people aren't really equipped to deal with it so but you're saying athletes are just get tell us how it is what can i do yep. to improve i like that i like that yeah but that works well on a like on a sporting field right if you think about it you're not going to be like oh you, you stopped that last player but you know, this time, move a little further to your right and I'll buy you a drink after the game. Like, <laughs> Compliment sandwich. Just move to the fucking right side. Yep. Like, you've got to be, it's gotta be direct. Quick. Yep, direct. Um, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't work for everyone. But I think the, the transferable skills into a workplace are more around the, the team and being able to interact with people, get along with people you don't like. That's pretty key in the corporate world, isn't it? In the work world. Absolutely. <laughs> one of the number one things that you have to try and do. Like, imagine all those people in Woz's office having to get along with him. <laughs> and they do it every day. They turn up every day. Deodorant cans at pace. Yeah, That's not. what helps. <laughs> the clowns. Um, wh- so, where to after the career then? You've got a nursing degree. I do. And yeah. you do a bit with Are You Okay as well. Maybe we should talk about that. Yeah. Mental health plug. I'm actually doing the um, push-up challenge at the moment for Lifeline. So, I have a good nearly 100 push-ups to do once you leave was for after this I'll podcast. I'll stick around for a couple. Yeah, nice. I was hoping we could do it mid-podcast, but it's not visually pleasing on a podcast. Generally not. I can I'll commentate, I'll I'll commentate while you two do <laughs> push-ups. <laughs> I'm only just back to holding my own body weight post-wrist yeah. surgery, so yeah, was, I've got about five in me. Don't do any push-ups, mate. No, I'm back on board. I'm allowed to now. Five. The wrist and the shoulder is not great. Yeah. I mean, we did a push-up <laughs> challenge uh, last year early last year and it fucked my shoulder for uh it's only just gotten better like we do yeah, right. so many though it was ridiculous and then i just yeah it was too much <laughs> one direction exercise and shoulder gave up completely yep no fair enough i um i've resorted to the inclined ones today for that same reason yeah. because i was just like it's when i'm about to prepare for an olympics it is not worth me doing my no. shoulder doing push-ups I wouldn't, it wouldn't <laughs> you have thought you vary them up do the the wide ones yeah, and yeah. then out in front a little bit down at the pecs yeah. so I'd, you just get the the, the, range. the range of okay. pec and then do the tricep ones as well well i normally just do but, the triceps so I'll, yeah. I'll change it up but that slows you down you don't want to be build bulking triceps you want to be right. whoosh, okay. you know spider-man <laughs> quick senses <laughs> this is true <laughs> um but yeah how do we get there oh me- are you health. okay so that's for life Yep, that's for Lifeline. So I'm a community custodian for Lifeline, uh, which is a bit of a change because Are You Okay has always been my charity of choice. Um, but generally, mental health just yeah really important to me. You know, was you've been involved in some of it. It's um yeah it affects everyone, and I think it's something that I guess I've chosen the very small profile that I do have from hockey is to utilize it to help spread some awareness around the importance of mental health and well-being. And so what does that specifically involve? Even with Are You Okay, you, you're going out to mine sites sometimes? Yeah, mixture. Um, walk the Kokoda track, raise some money there, spread the word to the um, you know the villagers <laughs> along the way. Well, we wrote, what did they think of it? They was like, you weren't here for the war. It was pretty hectic. <laughs> this is grouse. We're yeah. all fine. <laughs> Something like that, yep. Um, we rode down to Albany, which was, you came along. That was pretty cool. Went town to town. Some of the, um, regional towns and farming towns down there needed a bit of love. So that was good. And, um, yeah, mine sites, that's pretty key. So now I'm actually working in the mining, mining industry, get to see it even more. I think it's, um, yeah, a lot of challenges with the FIFO world being isolated away from family, 
you know, you'd think they get paid heaps of money, so they would be fine. But sometimes the money makes it even worse. Uh, so yeah, but are you okay? So applicable to anyone? I think it's just about talking to each other and having quality conversations and checking in. And even now, like this week with our selection coming up, it's been a pretty regular part of my day to check in on the girls because it's stressful and. You're not with your family. You might not have those people that understand or can debrief with. So it's just a quick message, you know, how are you going and are you doing all right? How uh, The classic one that I would get from are you okay is you ask someone, are you okay? And, and for me, I found that people wouldn't actually answer straight away. So you kind of ask yep. them again or in a different way or without forcing it. But then when people do say, no, I'm having a shit time, what, what's the next step? What do people do? What what? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, the first part, I think, it becomes a bit of a habit. I certainly know around hockey, we've we've uh, brought it in as part of our language, and I find the opposite that rarely do people not answer it honestly, um, because they know I'm asking because I really do want to know, and um, and I'm there to support them. And yeah, that obviously takes a bit of time. But when they say no, I guess it's it's about listening you know, the actual steps of are you okay, the next step is listening and listening without judgment. But essentially it's just being there for them. And I reckon we're too quick to try and solve people's problems. So we want to give advice or we want to tell a similar story of something we've been through, which is the real challenge of, no, just hear this person out. Maybe you might ask a few more leading questions um, or simply, what what can I do? You know, thanks for sharing that with me, but what can I do to help? What do you need? Is there someone else you can talk to? Are you getting supported? All of that sort of language and not being overwhelmed by the fact that they've said no, they're not doing well because you might be the only person that they've actually said that to. So it's really key to, you know, be all ears in that moment. I think that's, yeah, that's huge. Not not trying to solve the problem on the spot because, mm. you know, we're all qualified to be humans and have <laughs> friendships and have connections and conversations, but I don't think we're all qualified to uh, solve problems or offer Correct. the greatest advice. But I know it helps to have someone that you know you can call at any time of the night. I've actually turned up at your house in a bit of a mess uh, a couple of years ago when yep. we sat on this very couch. Yeah. We just had a little moment and I felt a lot better being able to download. No, it's good. And it's important to do those things um, both ways, to be there for people but also do it yourself. Sometimes being vulnerable like that is um, is how you create that sort of culture of, of sharing because you know we're not we're not all perfect, and everyone's going to go through something at some point. Um, that's guaranteed. So it's about opening up and yeah, sharing those things with the people that matter to you, and being there when you know they need to do the same. Really, it's a bit good deep advice. for your podcast, isn't it? No, I think we should have <laughs> more deep conversations on our podcast. We tend to to go towards the silly, but um, it's good advice. <laughs> I think like I I think that's really good advice because it's. Yes. Normally, when someone tells you they're not okay, you start to go straight to, "Here's the answers for you." But no one, usually, people aren't. They're not ready for an answer, or they're not looking for an answer. They're just looking for a for a friendly ear. So that's that's actually really good mm. advice. Yep. Yeah. Two ears, one mouth. So listen twice as much as you talk. Ah, <laughs> two ears, one mouth. <laughs> I always thought the two ears so, was to tell where direction sound was coming from but no that makes more sense <laughs> is that true absolutely um, what the two ears yeah that's how you triangulate sound okay. and you can tell where the noise is coming from but if underwater you can't tell where noises are coming from because the sound travels quicker in water so 
it blows you out when people make a noise underwater. How do, how do <laughs> dolphins just, do it? Well, they're used to it, so that's their right. default. We're out of the water. If you're like, oi, flipper, over here, <laughs> toss the ball back, he'd be tripping, wouldn't know where he's coming from. <laughs> so, look, we're a science podcaster, everything. Science, <laughs> mental health, transition. sports. We've got it all. We cover all dolphins. bases. Dolphins. Um, well, I want to know also about your sponsors. Actually, one one more goalie question I did have, um, and this is probably related to your sponsors, No Pong. Yes. Um, it, I'm guessing it's something to do with deodorant or something. Yes. What? What? Who are they? What do they do? Um, so, this is great. Normally, you don't get to plug the sponsors. Well, I, I mean, I've got a follow-up question, but go on. Yeah, look, No Pong, I mean, it ties in very nicely. We have a bit of a reputation as goalkeepers for being smelly and... I've tried very hard to change that. Yep. I, I wash my gear religiously, but No Pong is a yeah pretty natural deodorant. It comes in a little tin, and it works a treat. So it comes in a tin. That's the thing that I saw is a bit weird. Yeah. And you, what like a paste? Yep. Stick it under the arms. Yeah. So it's not going to work that well for blokes with hairy armpits. Though, no, is apparently it? it does. I've had less interest from guys for that reason. Yeah. Um, because you probably have to use a fair bit more, but uh, certainly for females, it works a treat. We'll slap it on because that I can imagine Andy of all people has the f- the fucking worst ski boots and we're going on this ski tour in <laughs> in a month or so. I don't like you can't wash ski boots and the end of the season they're just they absolutely okay. horrendous. Yeah, and we're going on this hike. We're sleeping in cabins and we're potentially sleeping in tents in the snow as well. And yeah. that's the bit I'm least looking forward to is dealing with Andy's ski boots. They're going to yeah. be inside a tent with us potentially. Well, I don't think and, no pong will help with no. feet. <laughs> So hockey goalies, I can just imagine walking into like, do you have a key a storage area like yep. where you all keep goalie your gear? room? Yeah. Oh my god, the goalie room. That yep. must be the worst it is, place on the planet. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of us that are very good with the hygiene. We've had to teach the boys because so the three boys are in there as well. We spend a fair bit of time training them on, you know, actually washing your gear, <laughs> <laughs> not leaving your stinky undies on the floor and. Um, it's not that hard. You just wash your equipment. Like I How, imagine, what do you hose it out? Is no, it foam or like have you got shirts over the top? What's mixture. The... So there's stuff that's very um, easy. You just put in the washing machine, and then the rest you can just scrub in a bath. Or I've got a whole thing on my website about it for young goalies teaching them how to wash their gear. So because already you're isolated as a goalie, so don't smell as well because then no one will like you. That's the biggest takeaway <laughs> from this podcast. You're already isolated. <laughs> don't, don't be weird and don't smell. <laughs> But that, that's life advice, especially in these COVID times when you are isolated. <laughs> like when you get back out there, just try and smell good. Yeah, yep. smell nice, sp- wash your ski boots and don't be weird. So no pong. Don't, um, don't be a great, weird. <laughs> don't be weird. So we're just going through, yeah, no pong, one of your sponsors, Obo. They're, they're the... Um, equipment. Equipment. Yeah. Not the instrument in the band. No, it's not that. Um, yeah, it's the foam that I wear that protects me. And have they? Or did you get sponsored with them? They they want to wear the Rachel Lynch gear. Can I buy some Rachel Lynch gear? Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, with a number twenty seven. Right? Yeah, custom gear. Yeah, yes. I do have some custom. We actually went to the Oboe factory in New Zealand recently, and it's um, made in Palmerston North. Got to do a tour of the factory, which is very cool. They use um, water cutting technology, I suppose, to cut all the foam out, which was very interesting. Like and a then jet. Yeah, I hadn't seen it before. Like, you can't even see it. It's so fine, but it just cuts through the foam and then they chuck it all together in a mould, move it through this massive heater thing and 
cool technology, but it's very expensive. It's top quality gear. But as a kid, I remember every birthday and Christmas was asking for a piece of equipment because it's so expensive. Like the leg guards and kickers are nearly a thousand dollars and we go through a few a year. So it's a very valuable sponsorship and very grateful for their support. It's a bit like the sticks for the girls. Um, whereas ours is, you know, a lot more to it. So it's a bit more expensive. What kind of hockey stick do you use in goal? I use a field stick. So pretty much the same as what the girls use. But is that unique? That you don't they normally have one with an extra little hook on yeah, it? Yeah, very good. Uh, not anymore. The goalie stick used to be a thing, but now because we use our stick more, you need a stronger one, and the technology means you can have lighter ones anyway. So most will use. Ah, uh, because you're holding it up in the air most of the time. Just with one arm, yeah. So you need a nice light one, but most goalies use field sticks now. Is it shorter than normal? No, longer? same. Same size. Yep. Just one of the girls now. Pretty Just much trying to fit yep, in. Trying to fit what, in. Have you have you ever scored a goal? No, it's my dream to one day score a goal. Well, this is it. Big stage. So the only way I can do it is... Against Andy? Or <laughs> yeah. No chance. I don't know how satisfying that had been. <laughs> no, no offense. No chance. Um, I'm a big guy. There's no way you're getting it right past me. <laughs> <laughs> Long limbs. Uh, if they call a stroke, like a penalty up the other end, you can go up and take it as the goalie. Boom. But you Gold have to take match. your equipment off. Yeah. I mean, if it was a Wait, key- So you have to take your... Yeah, what off? you, you got to take your gear off to do it. Is that easy to do? Just It's not a big deal, but it's just so much pressure. Like, I practice it regularly in case the moment ever arises. Wow. Um, what about an There's a German goalie goal? that... Sorry. No, that's not a thing, luckily. Okay. I mean, it can, it can come off you, but it's not technically doesn't, your goal. Doesn't score to you. I wouldn't you. turn around and kick it in. Yeah, not like soccer. Um, but yeah, there was a German guy. I think apparently on one of the tournaments, they had gastro or something run through their team. And the second goal he had to put, had to go on the field, and he scored a, a sick goal. So that was pretty cool. Nice but heroes. So that's yeah. the that's the, yeah, the way things. to do it then. Gastro. Yeah, but then also you need to be the second goalie. So I'd rather be the number one and on the field as the goalie, yep. not the reserve coming in as the field player. So yeah, I think this is you next tournament. <laughs> like go rogue, you know, push forward. Is there? There's no <laughs> offside rule, is there, in hockey? Well, the thing, the rule with goalies is you can't go across the half line in your gear. Why is that a rule? Uh, I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. Well, you can you can run, you can't run through people. There's rules that stop you doing that, right? Well, no, you can you can take people out and do all of those things. Can you, you drop the gear mid match and then head on up? Yeah, but it takes a few minutes to get okay. it off. It's not like you just quickly do it as you're transitioning across the half line. We'll just leave it in front of the goal, like lay it out <laughs> well, on the line. <laughs> What if so it's a one-sided... Who's the coach these days? I need to get them on the phone. I've got ideas. <laughs> what if it's a one-sided match? There's no action up your end. So you just lose the kit and go and join the party up the other end. Yeah, I mean, that would be great. The thing is, it's then probably a little bit disrespectful to the opposition if the goalie's just like, fuck this, I'm going to score a goal because I'm bored. Who's, yeah. Who would you do that against? Yeah, what's in, the country in, in the match? Olympics where that's <laughs> a chance? Speaking of no, disrespect. Not the Olympics. But we do play Papua New Guinea, Samoa. Um, those countries and they're like a 25 to 35 nil kind of scoreline, which is hard. It's actually really hard to play because you want to be respectful enough and play properly, but no one likes celebrating their 29th goal. Yeah. How do you keep motivated during those games if you're down the back, like uh, being the general, pointing just, things yeah, out? Yeah, just calling and staying involved. I don't mind. Like, I enjoy watching hockey, so sometimes I just watch it while I'm on the field. But then you forget. You're like, oh, oh I'm playing. Shit, I'm oh, God, I've got to turn on again. Um, Remember those bad thoughts. Yeah, yeah. If the, if the mind drifts, sometimes you got to bring it back. But I'll try and stay on track. 
You know, according to Oboe, <laughs> one, it's Oboe's good shit that really works. That's not a bad tagline. That comes up on Google. Yeah. It? it says, goalkeepers are amazing people. I feel like this yep. might be a goalkeeper run company. It is. They're very unique. They're Kiwi. Um, There's a guy on a sheep with a sword fighting a yep. knight on a horse with a... <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Oboe's good. If you're a goalkeeper, get around yeah, Oboe. Yep, for sure. Bright colours and good slogans. And then you um you mentioned briefly you've got your own website too, mm-hmm. which is uh well I got two. Stomp Stomp Goalkeeping is my coaching and then just got my own I think rachellynch.com.au just for like my public speaking and blogging and stuff. Yep. Yeah. So you're offering goalkeepers, do you tell us about a bit about the coaching side. Is that what something you'd like to get into as well later? Uh, I mean obviously you're already doing it, but Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I really enjoy specialist coaching. I don't enjoy team coaching at all. I've never done it. Um during my career, but I like coaching goalies, maybe because they really want to be there. And um, it's obviously my expertise more so than tactical stuff. So I've always done face-to-face coaching. It's obviously tricky with hockey because we're in Perth. We, you know, are away a lot. So schedule-wise, it's hard. So my brother actually had the idea of putting it online. So we did that maybe three or four years ago. And yeah, it worked out quite well, especially with COVID and the way things are moving now is that it's like a subscription style service. I film it all at the end of each year and have it ready to go for the next year. And they get a year's worth of coaching online that they can watch self-directed learning. And they're all drills and skills and stuff that they can do with anyone, mum, dad, teammate, coach, whoever, because most goalies don't have a coach. So I guess I'm trying to be that coach for them, but from, from afar. So yeah, it's, it's global. I've got members all around the world and yeah, it's a bit of fun. It's also nice to have sort of like a passive income, I suppose, that my job is to then interact with the keepers and um, post on social media and all of that rather than actually do the coaching because they get all that out of the way in one go. Yeah. Is it, so what's the biggest country for hockey then? Who's? Uh, it'd be Holland. Holland. Yeah. So they're, they're obviously quite good, but like India, they, they love a bit of hockey too, yeah, don't they? Yeah, India, mostly for the men. Uh, India love their hockey. Argentina love it. But Holland is the home of hockey. Yeah. And so Olympic Games, would they be the, the one Australia be playing in the uh, gold medal game? Probably, yeah. They're, um, they're just by far and away the best team. And I think, you know, it'd be like us with AFL. There will be no one that will ever be better than Australians at AFL because from a young age, kids play it. And in Holland, it's hockey. They play it from such a young age. The depth is incredible, and by the time they get to the national team, they're doing things that some of um, our players will never be able to do. So you just—it's hard to compete. But we'll have a crack at them and hopefully beat them at the Olympics. How do you? Um, I look. I'll be watching, and I'm sure our listeners will be now as well, looking out for you there and goals. But um, how do you see that participation in hockey? Has it dropped since women's AFL was taken over, particularly on the women's side? But I suppose the men's always AFL has always been an option. Yeah. I think so. It's um, it's really challenging. Like as a young kid, you've got so many options, which is a good thing. Uh, as a female now, it depends on how you look at it. Like even for me, if I had the option of changing over to a sport like AFLW and getting paid more, I, I wouldn't do it because when you really think about it, one, hockey is like an incredible sport from a family perspective and community. Um, you can play at all ages. It's just such a, a nice environment. Um, but also, one, well, you get to go to the Olympics. So why would, you know, cricket, cool, that pays really well. You don't get to go to the Olympics. Maybe well, that should be in the Olympics. No, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> um, 
and you get to travel the world to really cool countries for free with your mates. So if you put a monetary value on that, we probably do get paid really well um, comparatively. So, but you know, that's not a conversation you have with a 10 year old girl who's deciding which sport to play. It's about... Tell her about Woodstock and the Olympic <laughs> Village and the mates. That'll get her across the line. Um, but yeah, uh, it is really hard and it makes the profile profile of our sport a bit of a problem because we don't have the ads on TV, we don't have the exposure to get people interested in hockey, which is why I think we then take it on as a personal role of any opportunity you get. You've got to promote the sport and promote the, the good parts of it and you know go down on the weekend to the, the grass level hockey and chat to the parents and tell them about the good experiences you've had so that they keep their kids in hockey and you know, encouraging the lung, the young kids to continue with it, even though they get to watch the footy on the weekend. It's like, yeah, but hockey is cool for these reasons, and um, you know, it's it's definitely given me so much, and so I'm happy to sort of share that message. But it's it's bloody hard, and if you want to have a future, like, would I put my kids into hockey? Not sure. <laughs> I've got a little nephew, and I think he's going to be a basketballer. So you know, carry on. You get to do all the travel and all the cool stuff in get, that sport. Get paid a bit more, and get paid a heap. And get cool Nike shoes. <laughs> is that um, yeah? Like going for so where where do the men's team rate in the world? Uh, not right now, but they've been number one for a long time. Because that that's the counter argument to it. Whereas like there is enough room in Australian sport for both, mm, like for the men true. and for for us to have so many great athletes go to AFL. And you're right, don't ever go to the Olympics. Don't play, mm. um, you know, on a global stage. It, the rugby is the same. They'd go to rugby at least they get a global stage there, but. Mm. Yeah, they still the men's teams had had enough guys there and enough talent, and they've been they've done well. So surely there's enough room for for the mm. girls as well. Yeah, I think so, and I'm sure there's a lot of male athletes in Australia that could compete at a high level in various sports. You know, I imagine a lot of our footballers are good soccer players or basketballers as well. So there'd be that transfer, but I think just from a lifestyle pers- perspective, maybe less so now. But as a kid, you know, you guys would have been the same. All you do is play sport you know, in the backyard doing something which puts you in good stead for, you know, high level later on. How, I suppose. how many Olympic medals have we lost by sending all of our good athletes to AFL? Do you reckon? <laughs> what a <laughs> waste. Heaps. What a fucking waste. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. isn't um like Mac Horton, he came from wanted to play AFL, ended up accidentally swimming. Oh really? I didn't know that. Gold medals. There's another guy, I can't remember his name, who who won a gold medal for Australia and now he's looking at getting drafted because he's 24 and done with his well, there you go. Um, swimming career. I'm sure there's heaps of examples. I mean, we've got some even in the women that have transferred across to AFLW or cricket or um, there's a few of those floating yep. around. But um, What sport would you have played if it wasn't hockey? Basketball. Basketball. Yeah. I'm still excited to go back to that when I finish. Are you allowed to play basketball? Or what are you? What are you not allowed to do as an athlete? Um, you know, are there any? You can do whatever you want, but for example, like I love riding my bike, and during the time when I was not in the team, I was riding every second day and absolutely loving it. Especially in Perth, as you know, good weather, good paths. It's it's easy to do. As soon as I got back in, that fear came back in—a fully irrational fear of what if I come off. And even this week, that's my conditioning. So on the weekend, I had to do a bike session, and I just didn't go outside because it's like. I've never fallen off, touch wood, I won't. But if I do, what a shit way to ruin my Olympics to come off and do my collarbone whilst doing an extracurricular activity. So, 
what you know, and you know what that's about. You've had plenty of injuries, but it's just like it's not worth it. So just stayed inside, just rode around the the garage, just <laughs> jumped, small circle. Jumped on the wind trainer. That's, oh, wind trainer. Yeah, that's that solved not, the problem. No, that's good. Yeah, but um, yeah. So you can't really do a lot of other sports. Love snowboarding, but it's just not featured in my life because chances are I'll hurt myself. A very high chance. <laughs> high chance. But you've got that to look forward to in the future. Think of all the cool stuff that yeah, you'll be yeah. able to. And going to a pub in Europe. Yes, many things Pubs like that. In Europe. I mean, but is that is that going to happen? Like, have we nah. missed the boat with the travel? You think we're done? Do you reckon we're closed off? Maybe. I don't know. No, we're back. What do you think? We'll be back soon. You'll be in we're, Japan. Well, I just saw Daddy Mark told us uh, the 30 to 45, so we can go and get our jab. Yeah. So for the non Congrats. nurses. That's exciting. The what age? Yeah. Thirty um, to thirty five. Thirty to thirty to forty five. That's oh. the next uh, bracket. We can sign up from Thursday. Yeah, so. right. I can do it for you if you want. Bam. No, oh, oh, all right. Well, yeah, but they probably won't give it to me. Yeah, I'll take well, was, two. Apparently, they're hard to take come away. <laughs> was doesn't believe in vaccinations at all, do you? Was like, um, yeah. talk to us about that a bit more. I just, uh, I just yeah, believe please. in autism. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not anti-vaxxer at all. No, no, I no. mean, we're in no rush to go and get it. And obviously, Melbourne's had a bit of an issue. Melbourne would have been rushing, so rushing to to the vaccination. Um, they yep. need it. Melbourne yeah. have had done it tough. Speaking of, are you okay? If you've got friends in Melbourne, give them a call. Ask them if they're okay because they're not. Yep, good plug. They are not. <laughs> hey, guys, I've got to pull the pin on this, but if you two want to keep chin wagging, um, carry on. Unfortunately, We've I've got to well. move out. We've done an hour and 20, but we can nice. keep going. You guys can keep going. Well, uh, I, I suppose we can wind up unless there's anything, uh, any other sponsors you want to plug? <laughs> no, no. I think I'm happy if you guys have... Um, we we normally do a few segments which we've missed out on. Oh yeah, um, oh, let's do the segments. Yeah, do the segments. <laughs> God, we'll squeeze them in. Everybody's oh, favourite. Uh, as well. Yeah, everybody's favourite um, section or segment. What's got you frothing? Um, so you, you can go first, or we can throw it to Andy while you get some thinking time. Yeah, go to Andy. Go on, I'll, Andy. I'll what, keep my what's quick. got you frothing? So I've just had like friends at my house for the last week and a half so melbourne um melbourne refugees essentially that couldn't go back to melbourne people traveling trying to get to melbourne they all end up at my house so i've had like a massive sleepover for a week it's been awesome but uh nice. yeah so it's got me frothing yeah and it's friends That's i haven't seen froth. for a while and they're the guys from the bitterman so we got to play music together so that was cool sweet we're getting the band back together we got man. the band back together yeah. we're on a mission from god did you record anything uh not really. A couple of phone recordings. Anything good? Yeah, man. <laughs> all good. It's all good, always. A few bass solos. <laughs> a lot of bass solos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nice. A lot of bass <laughs> solos. That's so, it. Simple uh, froth. Simple froth today. Nice. S- simple froth. My my uh, frothing is a bit on the back of yours because I got one third of the bitter men over here and uh, over here to meet up with his misso who's been in quarantine coming back from um, the UK, from London. Was yeah, she? no, she, she came back Chris. from London. Yeah. yeah, and and uh, anyway, they're going on a road trip up north and there's nothing gets me more frothing than people going on a road trip road and trip. offering advice and giving them maps yes. and talking them through what's going on and I just unloaded camp gear on them because they had a swag and that's it. That's what I said and, to uh, Matt. I said, just go, go to Wars. Like, he, you don't understand. He'll be so excited to, to give you all the tips and show you all his gear. Yeah. <laughs> I pr- totally over-frothed and the Tin Monster was home and when they um when they left, I was I was... Buzzing. I felt myself buzzing. He goes, what was going on there, mate? Like, you're another person. You lost your shit. 
I was like, <laughs> man, I was frothing. So I was, good. I was a proper hundred percent froth. Nice. So yeah, I'm, they they left today, heading up to Exe and around the bluff and a few good places. So wicked. Yeah, that's a that's a good froth um, for me. All right, mine mine's a bit um, uh, off track from that. I my nephew's moving over, so my brother's moving over to Perth. We've lived away from each other for. <clears throat> over 10 years and he's got a two-year-old who I absolutely adore and randomly they've decided to move to Perth. So for the last week, I've been going around like a parent. I've bought a car seat. I bought a bike <laughs> with a little seat on the back. I've got a one of those little um, high chair things. I've been to two daycare centres, signed him up at the library and organised the swim swim lessons. So I've been this absolutely... This is massive froth. Yep. <coughs> Big froth. 34, don't have any kids, but I felt like a mum cruising around doing all those things. So, yeah, they're here in 10 days and I am so excited. Why Why the move? No, just, just Melbourne had enough, too many no, lockdowns. No, they're in Sydney. So they've been in Sydney. Sydney and a bit of a change. I don't fully know their um, agenda, but they don't have family. So my family's in Melbourne, my sister-in-law's family's in Brizzy, and they've struggled a little bit with that and hopefully by coming over here I can change their world because I want to hang out with Zaki as much as I can and it'll give them a bit more of a yeah time together just to do normal things and I'm so pumped to be super auntie so yeah huge froth big yeah. froth we love it auntie auntie big, Rach big, on yeah. the agenda big auntie froth that's what we like Family froth. Yep. And your brother will be able to um you'll be able to compete with him, you'll be able to hit a few balls at you again. Come and have a play. Or no, we're probably more likely to go to the basketball court because he's okay. a baller, um, loves a bit of a shoot around. But quick funny story about my nephew. So he he doesn't really watch TV, he's not allowed to watch anything technology, but he's allowed to watch hockey roos games. So from when he was very small he's been able to watch them. And recently we played in New Zealand and he got to watch probably the for the first time where he actually understands what's going on. And my brother sent me a video of him and he's watching and then he turns around and he runs up to Matt and he goes, why is Arnie Rach not running? <laughs> <laughs> so lazy. <laughs> yeah, goalie joke and he's two. I was like, you little shit. <laughs> no cardios for the goalies. <laughs> why Arnie Rach not running? <laughs> why she so looks good. so big in no. all her gear? Anyway, so yeah. Oh, grouse. Are there any other segments? I can't, I, I'm, I'm That's lost. the only I'm, segment I've we've got. got stuck in the what we'd, That's we'd the like, main one. We finished... Every episode with a song. Uh, you didn't say that you were the DJ of the team, but have you got a song that you want us to throw on at the uh, end of the episode? Something oh, that might dear. get you pumped up for a for a hockey match in the Olympics in Japan, oh, twenty twenty. Pro- probably a one. TikTok one, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like the. Well, what day? Oh, not Friday. I don't know if you know the one. I'm a terrible singer, but it's like, it's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday. What? <laughs> You're not on TikTok, damn it. <laughs> no, I think I got the gist, but I'm not willing to sing along. <laughs> I don't know any other words. We'll find it. Yeah, we'll find I'll it. We'll put it, it on. Is this a, the it's just like a Friday amp up song. I'll ask, I'll ask Mel. Yeah. She'll know what it is. Of course she will. She will, yep. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Rach. And Pleasure. Thank we'll you. be watching... I'm always here for a phone call, uh, you know, you. depending, see how how Friday goes. Um, but, you know, Andy and I, you'll be paying attention now. The easiest way to get into the Olympics, a hockey goalie, right, well, Andy? It turns out it's really difficult. You need lawyers and all sorts. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, Good say. Thanks I'll, very I'll much, Rach. Um, Thanks, guys. And uh, as you say, I'm one off the wood. Oh, yeah. Hooroo. Hooroo. Hooray.